2: Sports City, sport City, Sport City, Sports City, Sports City, Sports City, Sports City, Chef, chef. Sport City, Sports City, chef, chef. Sports City. Yes, Lord, we got a brand new present. Joe Biden, we riding, I pray you haven't seen. Word from the wise, my people stay ahead of Come on, I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements. It ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling it. Case goes from cold, to hot state heaven The
0: cat. Uh. Uh, 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 uh. I took off this blazer, loosened up the tie, stepped aside. The kitchen, Thomas is alive. Sports City, what's going on? It's your boy TP Thomas. Get ready to get back into the scheme of things. We got the brunch going down. We got you locked and loaded for the next hour or so. However, this thing may go down. The calling the number is nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. Again, the middle of January is here, and believe me, the fireworks have began one it was like the, you know, the startup of like the 4th of July and then the grand finale, and it's like, whoa. So we got some stuff to get into. I'm going to try to get in and out as best as I possibly can. We also have a fair state of games today that I at least get my thoughts, views, and opinions in on, on the game as well. If you can, if you are listening to this outside of the live production, please share and tell people about what we are doing here. The word has been spreading well. We also have a website, sportscitysteps.com, that you know. We also have the merch there, too. We have hoodies. We have shirts. We have mugs. We have everything alike across the board. So um, one thing that I did want to address uh, is in the NBA. And I know that a lot of my friends and people that are around Sports City and things alike are wondering what's going on in Hollywood. And the crazy part about the Hollywood situation is, will the Lakers survive? as best as they can while the West is actually trying to figure out where they stand at this point in time. So they are now on a three-game losing streak, a game under 500, entered the state of Colorado to play the Denver Nuggets, and the Nuggets were actually missing some players on their roster due to the protocol situation and ended up losing by... Thirty-seven. I really wanted to say forty, but it's thirty-seven. Nevertheless, but however you want to look at it, me thirty-seven is forty to me. It's close enough. LeBron was playing, in which LeBron is continuing to lead this team and play efficient basketball as best as he possibly can. Even though he was under five hundred or under fifty percent shooting the ball, uh, still led the team at least in scoring. And I'm wondering what and where they can go, especially in a team that they know that they can beat. I think the Lakers are a stronger team than the Denver Nuggets. The way the Denver Nuggets dispatched them did not look like the way that they played this team in years past where they took care of them and they had everybody on the floor. So this is one thing that is a bothersome situation for me. I'm not really trying to buy into it. I wanted more, let's see Anthony Davis get on the floor, get his legs underneath him, and then see how the Lakers start rolling if they can put this thing back into play. If not, this becomes a very interesting conversation on if they're playoff ready if they can get to a championship, this is something that LeBron wanted to help construct. I don't want to just totally say, oh, LeBron constructed this team, because it's easy to do that at the end of the day, but not at this current moment in time of me talking about the full year of 2021 going into the 2022 season. So we will see how this looks going more and more into the timeline of Anthony Davis's return. I think he's due to return within the next week or so. I do want to be fair and say I want to say two to three weeks, but I, I want to say the timeline is fairly within a two-week ratio. But we will see how it lands out. And and like I'm saying, I'm not buying it, but it's just an interesting story to talk about how these guys are studded with stars or superstars, to be fair. You know, some players, people won't consider a superstar any longer. I still give them their fair assessment of a star. So I have somebody here with me right now. I have Mr. Harvey in the building. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning?
1: Good morning, T.P., man. It's always uh, always blessed to be to wake up in the morning, man. So I'm feeling good. Always happy to join you, man. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. Thanks for having
0: me. Okay, I was doing this briefly because I wanted you guys to get here because uh, I didn't want to start spilling into what happened last night and getting into uh, what we have set for the afternoon and the evening. So you being the, the resident Laker guy here, I mean, your thoughts on – how they looked last night and you know, how they proceed going into the future. Like I said just a little while ago, I don't want to get hung up and say, oh, the Lakers is the Lakers that." It's like, they're going to always be the everyday, constant conversation. And um, it's something about, like, I want to say more or less the all-star weekend when they turn it on and everybody starts making their race to stay within the top eight, or at least nowadays the top six to stay away from the play game. And that's why I'm kind of like, I'm not buying what I see now. Like Like, I feel like they're still scrimmaging, and once uh, they're at full strength and they get their legs underneath them, then that's when I like, okay, this is what we're waiting to see. This is what we've been talking about. But your thoughts on what I'm saying, and also the game that may have been played, and if you'd like to add to it as well.
1: This is just not a very good basketball team right now. Uh, when you basically put all your eggs in, uh, put three eggs in the, you know, the the biggest. Uh, You've got three guys taking up the majority of the payroll. You need them all on the floor in order to really figure out how this is going to work. Unfortunately, AD's missed a chunk of time. Uh, we'll see what happens when he gets back. Can he get back and stay back is the question um, because you know we know he's been in and out of lineups for years. Uh, but for this team to reach its potential, however high it might be, and I'm not sure it's nearly as high as a lot of Lakers fans hope going into this season. They're going to have to be able to get him back and keep him on the floor. Um, LeBron is playing basketball at a pretty high level, though he didn't shoot the ball as well last night. Russell Westbrook has been made the scapegoat for a lot of things going on in LA. But right now, this is not a very good basketball team, uh, and they're not. They have, and the one thing is, they're not playing very good defense when you got a coach that supposedly hangs his hat on being a good defensive coach. So I don't know, man. It's uh, effort has to be there on that end of the floor, too. Uh, there's still a lot of basketball to be played, even though we're halfway through the year. So we'll see if they can get it together and play a little bit better basketball. But right now this team just doesn't look very good. man. Uh, I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. it. They just don't look like a very good basketball team right now.
0: Okay, another fair question before we get going away from this one because uh, it's very interesting. One, well, there's two questions. I, I'm sorry, I'm lying. One, does Russell Westbrook make it to the trade deadline?
1: Uh, probably because I, I don't know who you're going to get to take that contract. However, if they're going to shake up this roster, he's going to have to be included in whatever kind of trade they they put together because you have, I mean, as you know, when you make a trade, the money has to add up. And apart from those three guys, you know, they're taking up the buying share of the salary. Everybody else is on minimums or, or smaller contracts. And I don't see how if you don't include one of those three big contracts, I don't see how you can swing any kind of trade uh, that would bring anybody back because, uh, (laughs) listen, um, from some of the targets or people that I've heard, there's no way the Lakers could make the numbers add up or match up with the other guys in that roster. So, uh, you know, I I think it really comes down to whether or not they decide to shake up this roster if – if they do decide to make changes, I think Westbrook probably has to go because I don't see any other way that they can make the uh, make contracts add up for trade.
0: And the second question, and we do have uh, somebody here as well. Uh, does Vogel make it to the end of the season or not? No, no I, so he'll be I don't going think to...
1: so. Whoa think so but I think the problem the reason why they haven't done anything yet is because I don't think they have an idea of who would be the next guy who they could bring in um, I, you know I don't think they feel like who is a vital Holland's on that bench or anybody on that bench can really do more than what Vogel has so far I mean and I, he probably if he does make it it's only because they have no idea who to replace him with But right now, um, I think the the odds are pretty good he doesn't make it to the season.
0: Okay, we do have Eric Gross in the building. Eric, how are you doing? Welcome to the brunch. Good morning.
3: Good morning, my brothers. I am doing great. Excited to be here with you guys this morning.
0: Okay, so since you are in the state of Colorado, uh, tell us your thoughts on what happened last night in that state with your favorite team. (laughs) And uh, I know you heard some of the questions that I've actually asked Mike, your thoughts on some of them, and I'll address, the, like, the ones that you missed.
3: Well, it's it's very simple on, on one side of the ball. The Denver Nuggets are a good team. You know, they they put out a, a contending team the last three years and, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the West. Uh, and the Lakers just got – I mean, this this is the Lakers all year long. They've been getting destroyed by teams. They've shown flashes of what they can do, but it all boils down to you got to play four-quarter basketball. And you can watch these games, and you see the Lakers are, are beat out, out by the gate on most games, and they're outplayed most games. Uh, they have inconsistent shooting. You, know, you never know what you're going to get from game to game. You've got different lineups from game to game. There's no consistency. There's no identity going on. Uh, so you know, uh, to answer one of your questions, I, I as being a lifelong Lakers fan, uh, you know this is kind of a disgrace what we're seeing out here. So I wouldn't mind a full-fledged rebuild at all, and and start you know to build with pieces and get some good coaching in there, and because this has been a total nightmare. Uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, you got you got talent on paper that should be dominating games, but these guys are shells of their former selves. With tenacity. They're not out there, you know, like they used to be, say, five to ten years ago. You know, Russell Westbrook isn't a player uh, like he was in Oklahoma. Uh, Carmelo Anthony definitely isn't. Uh, They don't really play too much defense. I'd like to see Dwight Howard out there a lot more than he is. I mean, he's one of their best defenders. He's actually hustling all game long. And some nights he gets ten minutes, the other he gets one minute, or the other night he doesn't even play. So, uh, yeah, I think Vogel needs to go, and I think uh, you know a rebuild is is the only way to go here. I don't. I mean, they're they're trying to patch, uh, you know, duct tape. Uh, you know, it, it's not going to fix this. They they got to get a chemistry, they got to get consistency, and they got to get a coaching staff in there that can get all these guys together. That's the problem. Vogel doesn't know how to ha- handle all these personalities.
0: Hey,
4: TP, real quick. So, cool. uh,
1: yeah. Dwight Howard played 21, 23 minutes last night or something, I want to say, mm-hmm. and grabbed a grand total of three rebounds. I mean, I understand he's not what he used to be, but at seven foot, uh, you've got to be able to pull, up, pull down more boards than that. Rebounding is about effort. Absolutely.
0: Oh, uh, That's true, um, but it's like, his dynamic to the team changed from when he was here on that championship run in the bubble compared to where they are now where they kinda like try to use him as a piece, not as a a big figure on the floor. And it's like now they're doing patchwork and um that's what I'm kinda asking the question. If anybody gets moved and they consistently talk about Russell Westbrook being that guy, just like you said, being a scapegoat, does he remain with the team up until the trade deadline which is approaching shortly? And the crazy part about it is, is Vogel is watching this thing fall apart brick by brick. He's actually doing – I don't even want to actually claim that he is, but it looks like he's load managing at the wrong time. Like, they need to find each other before you start load managing. Like, they don't know each other. Like, they this is all patchwork. The only ones that I really think know each other is Russell Westbrook and Carmelo. Those are the only two that I can really think of that play together other than, like, uh, Dwight Howard in the championship run with LeBron. They don't have a JaVel McGee here anymore to help erase a lot of the problems. So they they have to like have that cohesiveness happen. So what are you guys going to just play this type of basketball, win, lose, or draw, Andy Davis get here, then you're going back into a scrimmage situation or trying to figure out how he gets his legs underneath him, if he's healthy enough to play the remainder of the season. Because that's an issue for me right now. Uh, Andy Davis's health means everything right now. They, they, they are dumping so much of an investment into him that he's in his 20s and he's looking like he's in his early 30s at this point in time. So I'm looking like a 40 year huh? I, I they, have, they, they have to figure this out, like, now, before you say, hey, you know what, Carmelo, take some time off. Like, because you, you already look like you're ready to retire already, to me, from Carmelo Anthony. Um, and he, he's able to take these type of games off when they need him. He's another gun. You got rid of Ra- Ray- John Rondo where – I think Rondo is the better fit because Rondo won a championship with the same very team. You got rid of him and sent him to another team. So you're, you're stuck with Russell unless you can come up with another point guard to fill that, that spot. But everybody's already pointing their fingers at Russell. It's like, how comfortable is he there? And another thing about me toward Russell Westbrook is, like, I've always had that questionability of him making the right play or doing the right thing, and then he's around big-time quality players and it just doesn't work. And it's like, how doesn't it work if you're a triple-double guy and you're getting the ball out? So there's a lot of questions that remain for me within this Laker organization that should not be happening. That's why it's like, I'm not buying this until AD gets back out here at full health and they can go to war. If, if they turn this around, then it's like, okay, this is a Lakers that we've been waiting to see. But they should not be a game under 500 at the 42-game mark. This is this is totally unacceptable, at least to me. With, with the names that they have there, I can just rattle off the names: Russell Westbrook, at least LeBron and Carmelo Anthony. I don't want to say Anthony Davis because he's not on the floor. It's not fair for me to say that until he gets on the floor. But you have a, a Hall of Fame caliber player in Dwight Howard as well. They have pieces there, and also Trevor Aretha, who's a good defensive specialist. There were shots in that game last night up against the Nuggets that they weren't even contesting at the three-point line. They're double-teaming yeah. one player like consistently. Like this is happening across the floor. It's like. Wait, what, what are you guys literally trying to do to the point where the NBA network or NBA TV, excuse me, were breaking it down and they were disgusted. not just like, oh, they're breaking down the bad parts of the game. They were disgusted the way the Lakers look at this point, time. So in a nutshell, that's what I did want to hit on before uh, I got into the ticket thing things with you guys. I know I, I got a lot of cooking to do here. So anything else that you guys would like to address from what I did say?
1: Uh, and we'll go from there.
3: No, timeless. I'm just glad. It's my daughter's birthday coming up, and uh, she oh. wanted to go to Denver to watch this Laker game. And, uh, you know, we're going to go in April, and I'm like, oh, sweetie, you know, let's let's go in April. The weather will be better. It'll be getting closer to the playoffs. And I am so glad we made that decision because it would have been a long night in Denver. It would have been a long drive home. Uh, you know, we we were disgusted to watch the game at the house, let alone be there live, so... I'm just glad we didn't
0: make that trip. Okay, fair enough. I don't, I don't want to have this situation remain of okay you like like the competitive brotherhood in me wants to start trouble. But this is now serious. Like like I, I, I'm a fan of the sport. No no no, it's true. I don't I don't care if it's all good or not. You you my brother, so I know we could go at it. But it's like now this is a a cause for concern for me because there's no way that all of these names look this bad at this point in time, that they've actually had time to work together and they're still not figuring this out. So, at least I don't, I'm don't. i trying to actually make an excuse for them and saying that when Anthony Davis gets back and he gets his legs underneath him, then I'll worry about this team, but I'm, I'm making the excuse for the Lakers. I don't want to buy this, what we see right now. If this continues, after, I want to say two weeks after he comes back, we have a problem. We have a problem in, in Hollywood, period. We all have a
3: problem.
0: I'm I'm trying to help you guys. I'm trying. Okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah, if Anthony Davis was back last night, instead of losing by almost 40 points, we probably would have lost by 20. But, you know.
0: (laughs) Right. 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 That's what I'm saying. I don't know how much the other names could help figure this out, especially when they're all not committed to playing defense other than, like, trying to close the paint and watching either Russ or LeBron rebound and run. You know, like, if, if they're not getting that, you know, contest at the rim, you guys can get any shot you want. You can shoot around the free throw line. You definitely can shoot threes. Like, there's a lot of different aspects that the Lakers aren't trying to corral together as a team, as a defensive unit. Okay. That's um, I'm going to get off this. Wait, say it again. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Mike. Go ahead.
1: No, you're good. That's the part that discourages me the most because defense is about effort. Like, anybody that's ever played that game at any level and loves this sport, you know. The defense is about effort, and even when you don't have your best guys on the feet, on the court, you can at least control the amount of effort that you put in on the defensive end. And this team just looks very lackluster. I mean, um, like you said, they try to contest a little bit at the end, but I mean, at, at, at times it looks like other teams are just going through shooting drills when they're shooting from the perimeter.
0: Okay, so I'm going to get away from this because uh, I kind of wanted to warm the kitchen up as best as I could uh, before I jumped into the meat and potatoes, if you will, of the brunch. First and foremost, there were two games last night. There are three games set on slate for today, and there's also a first-time-ever Monday night football game that takes place in Los Angeles. First and foremost, I want to get to the game that took place in Cincinnati, Ohio. The Las Vegas Raiders visit the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals win this matchup 26-19. to 19. I will come to you first on this one. Eric, your thoughts on the game, how this went down? To me, this was a very interesting game, especially how the Raiders try to make this a game late. They get to the red zone to try to make it happen. And what happens? Derek Carr throws a pick to end the game. Um, there was a statement made before the game from the Raider organization saying, his time is now. We can no longer wait for him to develop. This is very hairy uh, for not only the Raiders, but Derek Carr in this situation because it's, he's been there for, I want to say I want to say over six years. I want to be fair. I may, it may be seven, eight, or nine. I think it's in that region. But this is interesting because the coach is gone. They also have a receiver that's gone, defensive player that's gone, and you have another quarterback that's probably one of the best Quarterbacks in the league, top three, definitely. And Aaron Rodgers that's not happy with what's going on in Green Bay. If he ends up not winning a Super Bowl, he's talked about leaving the organization, what type of thrill would it be for them to bring Aaron Rodgers to a city like Las Vegas? All these questions reside within this discussion. Uh, Eric have added the Bengals first take care of business up against the Las Vegas Raiders, 26-19. to 19.
3: Oh, yeah. Hats off to the Las Vegas Raiders for uh, putting Joe Mixon in check. Uh, you know, they, they that gave him a chance in this game. If they would have let Mixon run wild on him, it would have been a long day uh, for the Raiders. They probably would have got blown out. But, you know, nonetheless, Joe Burrow and the Jamar Chase show came to town. Joe Burrow got it done. And uh, even watching that last play, Timeless, uh, you've you got to scratch your head because even if that ball is completed – you're still two yards out of the end zone getting tackled for the game over. So you've got to make that final pass in the end zone, have a chance to tie the game. Even if that wasn't picked, it was still game over for the Raiders. So I'm not sold on Derek Carr being the answer there. They had that. I mean, you, you can't take anything away from the Raiders. They made it to the playoffs, had that I mean, historic night against the Chargers, you know, win and get in for both teams, and they've outlasted them in overtime. But the Bengals were just way too much to overcome for the Raiders.
0: Um, the, the interesting question I threw out there, I don't know if you heard me, about his potential of still being with the team. Do you think he's still there at the end of the, at the, well, the start of next season because this is the end of the season for them? Or do you think they move away from him and go get another quarterback?
3: I mean, I think the potential there for him to stay. It just depends on, you know, what else, what other, what, what's on the table for them. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers situation is going to be watched very closely. Uh, if they have a chance of getting Aaron Rodgers, Derek carr he's packing his bags. There's no question about it. Um, you know, he's been there a while. He's had weapons. He, I mean, he's had time to prove himself. He's not an elite quarterback in this league. He's a decent quarterback in this league. I'd almost go on the limb and call him a game management type quarterback. I mean, he can make big throws. He's had comeback games, so... I mean, it's definitely not their worst option, but if I think the Raiders can find something better, they're definitely going to go for it.
0: Okay, Mike, your thoughts on the game between the Bengals and the Raiders, anything that you'd like to break down, and also the possibility of him leaving with the Raiders organization making that statement hours before the game that, you know, this this is his time to prove himself, now or never, kind of, and he did end up falling short especially at the doorstep of the end zone?
1: So, first of all, Sports City, I need to apologize to the Cincinnati Bengals. I've been pretty hard on them this year. They won a couple games. I picked against them a lot of the season. And the first time they beat the Ravens, they lost a couple games against teams they shouldn't have lost to. And I said, this team has not learned how to handle success. Uh, they bounced back late in the year and showed me differently uh, with their second win over Baltimore and then beating Kansas City. So congratulations to Houday Nation, 31 years since they got a playoff win. Nice to see them break that drought. And uh, big ups to the LSU boys. Joe Burrow played well. Looks like Cincinnati has him, a franchise quarterback. Uh, Chase showed you yesterday, too, that he's a little bit more than just a, a deep threat as he was able to like his first seven catches were all chain movers, uh to to keep Jobs alive. So uh, you know, he didn't catch any one of the touchdowns, but he played a very important role in yesterday's game. So congratulations to Cincinnati getting the monkey off your off your back. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow did something in his first try that Andy Dalton couldn't do and how many tries, uh, with that franchise. So So good on them uh, for winning this playoff game and moving forward. Uh, If Kansas City and Buffalo win today, then that Cincinnati offense will be interesting to see what they what they can do in Tennessee next week. So nice job on their part. Now to to the Raiders. Listen, the Raiders have had a a very interesting season. Nothing to really hang their head about. They went through a coaching change, a lot of other things. have happened. We know what happened with Henry Ruggs and other things. This team had a lot of reasons or excuses that they could have used to just pack it in. And so for them to rally and make the playoffs um, and even be there, I think was a good accomplishment for this franchise. Uh, as far as to your question about Derek Carr, uh, you know, he made some big-time throws last night at different times. His completion percentage still left about to be desired, I feel like, in last night's game. Um, I think that this team is in a very similar franchise to my team, and it just depends on what's available for them. Like, I think if there's any way that Aaron Rodgers wants to make the trip out west or they could swing something for Russell Wilson, I think that you could see – Derek Carr packing his bags and going. Um, That being said, if it's not one of uh, those two guys, then they may decide to at least run it back one more time with Derek Carr at the quarterback position. He's probably... Probably not number 10, but like somewhere in that 11 through 13 range for me as far as best quarterbacks in the league. So he's in the top half of the quarterbacks right now in football for me. Um, I don't know that he's a championship-level quarterback, uh, but I do think the guys like playing for him, people seem to rally around him. So I I think if you can get a proven winner, like a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, I think they pull the trigger and make that, and Derek Curry's up somewhere else. Uh, but I think if if they can't get one of those proven guys in to lead this team, then I think Derek Carl will be back. Mm-hmm.
3: think
0: we may have lost time with oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I was muted. I I I apologize. I was talking on mute. I apologize. Uh <laughs> yeah, we did. have an oldie but goody. I apologize. We have an oldie but goody in the kitchen. He popped around the kitchen yesterday. This is exactly what I just mentioned. And he's in the kitchen today calling out of the state of California. We have breaking news, Brian Hughes in the building. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning?
4: I'm feeling good boys. Uh good morning. Uh it was nice to hear uh Eric and Mike's uh sentiments on Derek Carr. Um
2: <clears throat>
4: if if you're a Raiders fan this morning, uh, you feel awful because you were that close. Um if you're a Bengals fan, as Mike mentioned, you're feeling like you're on top of the world. It's been thirty one years since they've won a playoff game. And let's be honest, there's not there's no Bengals fan that if they're being honest with themselves for less than a minute to go, wasn't a little apprehensive on what was going on there. So it could have went either way. Um, I'll just say this timeless because I, you know, it's funny because I feel like everybody always wants to blame the quarterback when things go wrong. But I'm just going to say this. He threw with with all the uncertainty that they had swirling around their season this year with – the one-and-five start with your head coach getting fired with the fact that, you know, in my opinion, they don't have a true number one receiver for this guy. Um, I mean, is a slot receiver. Waller's a great tight end, don't get me wrong, but they don't have a wide receiver on the outside that can really beat anybody. He still through for almost 4,900 yards. Put that in perspective, he still threw for 23 touchdowns, put it in perspective. He's still one of the five most sacked quarterbacks in the league. Mm -hmm. So I have a hard time just blaming the quarterback when, as an organization, this man has been in this organization, what, seven, eight years now? And you still haven't fixed your offensive line problems. Up until recently, you still hadn't fixed your defensive problems. You know, it's very easy to blame the quarterback, and I would even take it a step farther than what Mike said. I don't know if I would I would get rid of Derek Carr for either Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, because you got to think about this, boys. You you bring in either one of those guys, especially Aaron Rodgers. You're talking about multiple first round picks. Okay, how long are these guys really going to be there? And you're going to give up multiple first-round picks. Number two, would Aaron Rodgers really want to go to that situation? You're talking, about, you're talking about a situation where everybody knows what ownership's like there. Number two, everybody knows that the head coach that comes in could be gone the next year. We've seen in this, in this type of NFL that there is no guarantees just because you've got a five-year contract that the head coach that was hired last year is going to be there the next year. You know, all that has to be taken into consideration. You know, some of it is on the play calling, but I think Mike I, I, I think Mike summed it up perfectly. Do there you know, especially in the fourth quarter and especially that last drive, their car made some big time throws. I mean, let's let's not forget how many times just on the last drive alone, I think it was three times, it was third and long. Third and ten, third and eight, and he threw a dime to keep that drive going. Now, I didn't love the fourth down call, the fourth and goal, because even if he catches it, why why are you throwing the ball short of the end zone? You know that that's that's a whole other topic for a whole other, you know. Uh, segment. Oh, that, that's, here that. that's here
0: now. That's that's here now. That's here and now. That yeah. that topic. Is I didn't love now.
4: that, but you have to you have to also look at it from the big picture. Was there anyone else open? Could he have uh, potentially ran the ball? Because that's what I was thinking. You know what? <laughs> as covered as that guy was, fuck it. Go Joe. You know, go John Elway and just go for it. You know, this, this is the playoffs everything is on the line, just as Mike would say, just do it. So that was the only, you know, that was my only question. But but remember, they're playing in a hostile environment. They were predicted to lose the game. They were down by double-digit points in the first half, and he brought them back. So, and the defense, like, let's let's keep it 100 here. The defense wasn't doing the Raiders really any justice because – they were literally moving the ball at will against the, the uh, Raiders' defense. The Raiders' defense could not stop Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati offense. And one last thing I'm going to leave you guys with. In the first half, the Raiders struggled to run the ball a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. In the second half, they almost completely abandoned the run at third quarter, and on that final drive, when they still had one timeout and a minute 57 on the clock and Jacobs averaging six yards a carry, they just completely went away from the run. Now, I know some people are going to say, oh, well, that would have chewed more clock. Like, I get it. But you can't become that one-dimensional. That's the reason why you get sacked like he did in those situations, because you become that one-dimensional. Because they got down – Inside the 20 yard line was still 40 seconds left. Like, there's nobody here that doesn't understand that 40 seconds in fucking football is an eternity. So, you know, I, I'm just, I only mention all this to say, listen, does Derek Carr have a piece of onus in the pie? Absolutely. But you could blame the offensive coordinator. You could blame upper management and the way the team's constructed. You could. You could blame the defense for how how the team played on the field, um, and and let's be honest, the, the the Raiders this year were not as talented as the Cincinnati Bengals this year. It was an uphill it was an uphill climb before the before the whistle kicked off. So, I think Derek Carr is actually a really good quarterback. You know, I think Mike hit it nail on the head again. Uh, you know, I think he's definitely top fifteen, and we've seen guys like my quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, make it to the Super Bowl. Um, And I don't think he's a top 15 quarterback. So when I hear, you know, like, like you could absolutely make it to the Super Bowl with a guy like Carr. You just need to have a supporting cast around him. You can't expect him to do it all, right? So it's, he's just in a bad situation. And he's one of those type of guys (laughs) that if, the Raiders, for whatever reason, decided that they wanted to upgrade, and he actually hooked up <clears throat> with a good offensive mind and and, and a team with weapons, he, he could be dangerous.
1: TP, one more thing real okay. fast? Yeah. I think the biggest difference in this game, though, uh, was the turnovers. You had the strip sack early in the game, and then, of course, the interception late. But I'll be honest with you. The one thing the Raiders' defense did do pretty well was keep the Bengals out of the end zone. Uh, So they had to rely on those four field goals. I'll tell you, if that game had went to overtime, I think the momentum was in the favor of the Raiders because Cincinnati was not converting down the stretch. And so if that game had gone into overtime, I thought that uh, the Raiders' defense was playing a little bit better at the time and Cincinnati might have been in trouble.
0: There are a couple of situations in this game that are under question that the NFL now have under review. Um, The referee, Jerome Bogger, uh, has been informed that he will not be able to referee any games any longer for the remainder of the postseason due to the botched whistle for the touchdown pass from Burrow to Boyd. Um, I'm wondering how that's his fault when the line judge blew the whistle and informed them of that, and then they went to replay, and... uh, Then he makes the assessment, I guess, of that being a confirmed touchdown, which everything went legit. So it should be the whole crew is one. And then they have another passing play where the Raiders had 12 men on the field. They called the timeout, and a lot of stuff was happening on the field. where They had 12 men on the field, and the ball was snapped. Um, So there's a lot of things going on with at least this referee situation, and them losing by the touchdown could be the situation of that touchdown that was thrown by Burrow when the whistle was blown. I can say that Players stopped playing, but when he threw the ball, like that was a clear, you know, pass for Boyd to make the catch. So I don't know if the corner would have or safety would have got there in time anyway. But these are situations that are arising now outside of the game as of this morning.
1: Okay. Um, they're
4: both they're both, eight, both situations, Ty. So the first situation you were talking about, the, the ball in the air with Boyd. I I, I don't know it you know to to me it's one of those things where you know you look at it and I'll be honest it, it to me it looked like the Raiders player might have given up a little on the play but at the same time I don't think he was in position to be able to make a play on that ball especially where it was thrown but right you know like you mentioned I don't I don't think that I don't think an inadvertent whistle should ever be blown by an official during a play unless that play is dead. I mean, let's be honest. <clears throat> Most of us here have played football at some level. You play till the whistle. You hear the whistle, you're like, okay, the play's over. So I understand that. The second play, to me, was even more egregious because you never even hear the whistle. Like, he clearly calls the timeout before the snap. I'm not, I'm not debating right. that or arguing that. But you can't stop the play after the completed pass, then blow the whistle and say, hey, you know what, timeout. Like, like, like you know, so I, I do have a hard time with both of those plays, but at the same time, you know, I, I you know, the only thing I would say is this. I, I don't think that the head ref should be penalized, but at the same time, after they gathered together, he bas- basically in both situations ruled, yeah, you know what, I think, incorrectly, because if you blow the whistle, if your officiating staff blows the whistle in the middle of the play, as much as Cincinnati would have fucking rioted, that's a dead play. That touchdown, realistically, they may have scored on the very next play, but realistically, that touchdown should not have counted, right? And if you don't blow the whistle until the end of the catch, that Jamar Chase catch should have counted. You can't wait to yes. ask – that's like you kick a field goal and go, oh, shit, you know what, they didn't make it, never mind, I don't want – oh, no, no, you know what, they did make it, it bounced off the clock. You know what, we did, we did want the timeout. So it's just it's just one of those situations where, and, you know, as an NFL, you have to think that the, the stakes of these games are going to continue to get higher and higher. And it doesn't mean that they're not competent reps. It just means, hey, you know what, we can't have that as a concern when we're moving forward, you know, at the next games. Because if you don't think that the players and the coaches from those teams know that, that what situation happened and, and with, with what refs, which refs will allow a little bit more here or there, they, they know that stuff.
0: Okay, anything else that you guys like to add to uh, the situation before we get away from this game? Okay, the silence helps me. Okay, so the next game we're going to get into is the visiting New England Patriots go into upstate western New York to play the Buffalo Bills in AMC East Division <laughs> Playoff Battle. Um, I don't even know how to start this off or what to say, but I'm going to say this and admit it now the New England Patriots got blown off the field. And I don't even feel comfortable saying it that way, but this is an annihilation. Um, I did not think that the score would be 27 to at least three at halftime. They're lucky they got that field goal to squeeze in before the half. Mm-hmm. It was over once, once it was halftime. I, I really couldn't see New England getting back into this game, even though I'm in my head I'm like, I've seen stranger things happen on this field when I was younger in the early 90s where – the Oilers went up 35-3, to and then they stormed all the way back. We had the uh-huh. Buffalo Bills and had the comeback of all comebacks to win that game. I said, I've seen it happen before. But it can't happen to the Bills at this point in time. And uh, I feel bad in saying this, but the Bills went downfield and scored first, and as soon as the Pages got on the field, the offense went right downfield. I'm like, well, this is going to be a game. And then he threw a bomb and uh, got picked off. Once it got picked off in the end zone, it was like, the soul was pulled out of New England. Like like something happened. Like, yes. It was like somebody just really just got the monster ball and and they touched all of them and, and all the everything left. Like the morale of the game went totally in Buffalo's favor and uh, they fed off of the crowd and, and seeing that New England couldn't stop them in the passing game, this is incredible work by Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I have to give them a ton of credit, including a situation where I thought Josh Allen was going to be able to run like that. He ran the ball efficiently too. Uh, he only had four incompletions. He threw more touchdown passes than incompletions. Um, I, I said this, well, I'll throw this one around and see how you guys feel about it. I'll come to you first on this one. Eric, your thoughts on this matchup? The Buffalo Bills 47, the New England Patriots 17.
3: Yeah, I think you uh, hit it perfectly right there, Timeless. Uh, this this would have been a game probably if Hyde wouldn't have made that interception. That completely was a game-changer. The momentum swing in uh, Buffalo's favor, and it never left. The crowd was pumped. Josh Allen, I mean, had probably one of the best games of his career in the postseason, uh, offensive and defensively. This Buffalo Bills team dominated from start to finish. And, uh, you know, hats off to New England, going in there with a rookie quarterback, uh, with Mac Jones, nothing to, you know, be sad about if you're a New England fan, uh, you know, Mac Jones is going to be a good quarterback in this league, and I think he got this uh, playoff game. You don't want to go out like that, but, uh, you know, this all helps for his experience. So, but hats off to the Buffalo Bills. They're going to be a force if they play like this.
0: Mike, your thoughts on this game? The Bills taking care of business, 47-17. to 17. Um, Which way do the direction of the Patriots go? I mean, There's only so much that we're going to get out of uh, Belichick and Jones being together. I wonder how many years he has left in him. Um, It's good that he started off with the the legendary goat coach himself, but where do they go outside of this type of loss? Do they build back and get better, or will they be looking at the back of Buffalo from here
1: on out? Well, I think, first of all, I think the Patriots have got to improve – The weapons around Mac Jones, this is a a lower contract than what you were giving your your franchise quarterback before, so you you have a little bit more money uh, to do this, so you need to improve the weapons around this kid. Um, I think he had a good year as a first-year quarterback. That being said, you know, the weather conditions were right. For Buffalo, it might have been cold, but it was clear. Uh, I jokingly told somebody yesterday at the barbershop that as many times as Belichick has beat up on them, I didn't care what happened, even if they won. I didn't think they could exercise all the demons. Um, but without Brady there anymore, listen, this was a statement, James, for the New England Patriots. Um, to your point, like, right now I think that the – that the Patriots are going to be looking up at the bills for a little while unless they continue to make some more changes on that roster. This is supposed to be uh number one defense in the NFL uh, times this season. They sure did not look like it last night. Buffalo did whatever they wanted that Buffalo offense went through that, that Patriots defense, like a butter, like a butter through knife last night. It was, uh, I didn't expect that. I expected, uh, you know, once again, Belichick is a guy that hangs his hat on defense. So, I expected them to come a little bit more prepared and and with some sort of game plan in place. But whatever the game plan uh, was, it, it did not pan out. I think the uh, Bills will continue to be a very clear favorite going into next year in this division. Uh, I think that they have definitely established themselves winning two out of three this year. And, and I'll be honest with you, the one game that the Patriots did win from the Bills this year might have been weather-aided because it was not uh, the right. I mean, you just couldn't throw the ball in that weather. So uh, I I think that Buffalo has definitely established themselves as as right now, at least uh, the new kings of the AFC East. I mean, you'll see year in and year out a lot can change. But I think that they have exercised some of those demons. And, uh, listen, I was impressed with Josh Allen and what – Buffalo brought to the table Dawson Knox had a good game, that that entire team uh, that entire team played really well and I mean listen, Buffalo put people on notice. They might have lost a couple games this year that they shouldn't have lost, but peaking at playoff time, and I, I'm not saying that they're going to win, but they're going to be a formidable foe for whoever they play next week, whether it be Cincinnati or whether it be Kansas City, depending on. Uh, you know how that Kansas City Pittsburgh game uh, plays out today. Uh, I was impressed with with their effort. I thought that I thought that the effort from the Patriots left a lot to be desired. And I don't really put this on Mac Jones, even though he did throw the pick early. Uh, listen, if your defense can't stop anybody, it's going to be a long day, no matter who you are. And that Patriots defense just didn't have it last night.
0: Okay, uh, Brian, your thoughts on the game, how this was, a to me, a massacre. I'm going to speak for myself. I'm not going to put any of you guys under the bus. Um, no, the weight of this game went. It, just...
4: it was a massacre. I mean, that that's literally the appropriate way to put this. I mean, when the game, at, like you said, it was 23 nothing at one point, and they got a field goal to get, quote, unquote, the momentum. And the end of the game was 47-10 meaning they they, out, they they put another 20 on them in the second half. Um, I mean, they won by 30 points. I mean, think about that. 30 friggin points. That's that's insanity. I mean, if this wasn't Bill Belichick, I mean, look, I, I don't want to turn this around on Flores because, believe me, I, I know that there's probably plenty of people feel some type of way about him getting fired. I, I actually think it's a blessing in disguise because I think he's a hell of a coach and wow. I think he's going to end up in a better situation but 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 Flores got fired for go, for winning 7 of his last 8 games. If 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 this wasn't Bill Belichick coaching in New England, this is the type of game you get fired over. A division rival playoff game and you get blown out the building. Like you shouldn't have even shown up. Like this looked like this looked like the practice squad going up against the A team, like that—that's the kind of feel that it had to it. Um, and you know, I mean, we listen. We talked about a lot of this stuff on Saturday. I told you, <coughs> Mac Jones has multiple turnovers. They're gonna lose. What does he do? Has multiple turnovers. Totally agree with Mike. I'm not saying this is Mac Jones' fault. A, he's a he's a rookie. B. He doesn't have the best weapons, although I think you could make the argument he's got better weapons than 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 Carr. See, the defense legitimately could not stop Josh Allen, and and I just want to bring up this one little point because I always find these little tidbits. You know, they always talk about you really can't evaluate the draft for three years. You know, you know they say that. Ty, Josh Allen was drafted back in 2018, right? I'm sure you guys remember, he's from Wyoming. He was the, the strong arm kid that couldn't throw the ball. He was the kid that completed less than 60% of his passes that nobody wanted because he couldn't, couldn't, couldn't throw the ball. You hear some people talk about, well, accuracy is something you can improve, and a lot of people are like, nope, no, you can't, can't improve it. Well, you know what? Look at the people at the top of that draft, people like Baker Mayfield and the Browns. You want to know why you constantly miss the playoffs? Because your talent evaluators suck. The Jets, you want to know why you're constantly missing the playoffs? Because you draft Sam Darnold over Josh Allen. There was four quarterbacks taken in the top ten, and all for Josh Allen have done nothing. And two of the four are already on their second team or third team. So I'm just saying – you know I understand that the talent evaluation process is not perfect, but I don't know I mean if you got an up close look up close and personal look at all these gentlemen and you got down to you got to sit down with these gentlemen, I don't know how this guy was the guy that you said, nope, we definitely don't want that guy he can't throw the ball like you know that's that's the reason why i mean it's no it's no surprise ty listen the Bengals hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years. They get a franchise quarterback. I think we can all call him that at this point because he's looked dynamic in his first full year and they, they won a playoff game. So, you know, as much as everybody wants to blame all oh, the team, this and that, that's why I'm telling you, it's just as much the, the from the organization as it is the players on the field, because you have to have the right pieces to compete. And clearly on both sides of the ball, New England does not. You can't you can't fire the general general manager without firing the head coach, and we both we all know that William ain't going anywhere. But I'm telling you, the evil genius is looking like he has a few chinks in his armor without uh, without that that gentleman named Mister Brady.
0: But they do need pieces around him, and and you said that he may have better pieces than Carr. That's debatable because he does have an all-pro tight end in Waller. Like, Waller helps him. Um, he did have Rugs. Ruggs' situation messed up on his own. That, that's his own situation. Like, Kendrick Bourne is his best option. Uh, Henry Hunter Henry didn't show up like he needed to. He dropped a touchdown pass by himself even though it was low, but that's a catchable ball. Like, like this is what he's been able to go to war with, and no excuses. I, I'm not making any excuses. And this is actually going to the situation of – the front office of the New England Patriots, because this is why Tom Brady left. You weren't putting pieces around him. So this is the same thing that Mac Jones is fighting with. So um, I want to see how this thing is, because there's actually an an opening statement or a story, uh, how long they hang on to Bill Belichick as he's entering his 70s. So he'll be approaching 70. So I want to see how long this goes on, because him and Carroll will probably be the longest reigning coaches due, due to age at this point in time in the NFL. Um, Eric, did I get you on this before I get away from it? Yes, sir. Okay, so we're all square on this one. So, again, this was, this was a bad situation, 47-17. Basically, Bill Belichick giving up 50. Uh, I agree with you, Brian. If this is any other coach giving up 50 like this in this type of uh, presence, this could have been something that they questioned. I don't know if this would have been the day-to-day of them losing their job, but I think they would ponder it, but you got to respect him and what he's been able to do in the NFL at this point in time. So that's at least the least that I'll give, you know, Belichick is just due on that. Um, okay. So now we get to the moment we've all been waiting for. And I can't lie, my intentions were on this Sunday, because a lot of these games are really, all three of them have my full undivided attention. I can't lie. Starting off with the game of a person that Brian just mentioned, of the song that I love to sing. There's a story of a guy named Brady and he is set to do duel today up against the Philadelphia Eagles, which they actually took care of business up against him uh in a, a few years back. I can't come up with the next year. However, they beat him without weapons. Uh Brandon Cooks actually got knocked out of that game. It was just him and Gronk and he put up one of the better passing yard performances in that game and still ended up losing to the Philadelphia Eagles team. Um, the Eagles are getting seven points in this game. I think this actually drops. I thought I saw this at seven and a half or eight and a half. Uh, the over-under in this game is 47. I'll throw this at you on this one, Eric. Your thoughts on who wins this game and why, Eagles or Bucks in Tampa Bay?
3: Well, timeless. I, I personally don't believe the Eagles are going to have a chance in this one. Uh, Brady's battle-tested they got all kinds of veterans over there with him. Uh, You've got Gronkowski, Mike Evans. It's just going to be way too much for the young Jalen Hurts to overcome. The Eagles believe they found a franchise quarterback in him. Uh, So this is going to be a big day for him. He's going to have to have the best game of his career if the Eagles want to win this game. But Mm -hmm. uh, nonetheless, it's good experience for him, and hats off to the Eagles for even making it. But uh, I think it's going to be a long day for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Cool.
0: Okay, uh, Brian, I'll come to you next on this one. Eagles are Buccaneers. The spread is at seven. The over-under is at 47. Your thoughts on this game. How does this go down?
4: So, I, you know, if you're an Eagles fan and you're listening in, I'm going to tell you why the Eagles could potentially win this game because I think everybody believes Tampa Bay is going to win. But if you're an Eagles fan, I'm going to tell you why they could win. I think the way that you beat Tampa Bay is you control the clock and you run the ball effectively. What do the Eagles do? They're number one in running the ball and they're in the top five in time of possession. Okay? Yeah, but but, but Brian, we all know Tampa Bay throws the ball all over the yard. Well, they do, but there's supposed to be 23 mile an hour wins today, guys. You got to take in the factor. What the what the elements are going to provide? Twenty-three mile an hour wind. You're talking <clears throat> sixty-five degrees. The wind is blowing east to west. I'm not saying that Brady can't play in that weather. Hell, I've seen him have three hundred yard passing game when the snow was so thick on the field that when players dove, they literally disappeared. He can play in the elements, but can everybody else? We know that we know Philly is. is very committed to running the ball. We know that they're very committed to controlling the the clock. And if that wind becomes as much of a nuisance as I think it can be at 20-plus miles an hour, this could be be one of the more intriguing matchups. I totally agree that if you just looked at at the strength of Philadelphia and you look at the strength of Tampa Bay, it doesn't necessarily match up great for Philly because Tampa Bay is fairly good at stopping the runs. Philly is not great at stopping the pass, and Tampa Bay loves passing the ball. But like I said, when you add in that added element of the win, <clears throat> I think it could be a game changer. I'm not saying, I'm not predicting the, the Eagles to win. I'm just saying I understand the reason why the line's at seven and not 13.5 like the Pittsburgh game. So that is the way you win this game. Bad weather. Brady's not able to pass much. That D-line, Philly's D-line has got to get pressure on Brady. They have got to get pressure on Brady. They can't be bringing extra people. And they have. this has to be that day where Philly runs the ball effectively, efficiently, and Jalen Hurts steps up to that all-star caliber or, sorry, Pro Bowl caliber type quarterback. I mean, he he is a large part of what they do in the running game, and what they're going to do off play action. And if they're going to have any chance of winning, tie, I think that those things that we just that I just discussed. I think that that's how they do it.
0: Okay, um, I'm going to come to you on this one, Mike. Your thoughts on this game? How this goes down? Uh, Philly or Bucks? The Bucks are favored by seven. The over-under is 47.
1: I think the Bucs win. I think they cover. Um, I think that I agree with everything that Brian said. That The problem is is uh, Tampa Bay has shown up to be pretty good against the run. And in the past, uh, they have been able to really limit teams trying to run the football. The other thing is, I think, with the weather conditions being what they are, uh, I think that Jalen Hurts is going to have trouble making enough plays in the passing game to keep that Tampa defense honest. Uh, Jalen Hurts is still developing as a passer, and I don't think that he has the, the the arm strength to really make throws in those adverse conditions. I Listen, good on Philly for getting there. Good on Jalen Hurts as, uh Basically a rookie quarterback. We know he played a couple games late last year. But good on him as a rookie quarterback. And good on the Eagles franchise, man. They got out from under Carson Wentz, who had been a liability and had missed a lot of games for them. Um, And they were able to trade him for a couple of picks. uh, And then, you know, the team that they traded him to, all they had to do was win one or two games down the stretch, and they even lost to Jacksonville. So, they weren't able to make the playoffs, so <clears throat> it looks like Philly kind of has a last laugh in, in that deal. They have the, they have a, a young quarterback. They got extra picks, and they made the playoffs. So good on the Eagles. I think you have to consider this a uh, part of their rebuild or, or the reset of this franchise. And I think it's a big step forward for them to be in the playoffs. Um, but. What they're going to find out today is there's a big difference in being happy to be there and being a Super Bowl contender. And Tantum's going to show you what a Super Bowl contender looks like today.
0: Okay, I am going to go with the Buccaneers to cover. And I think this game actually stays under. I think they go under 47. As eerie as this can be, just like Brian said, there won't be a lot of passing due to the wind. Because there's a storm all through the southern region of the United States, um this is a concern for me, like he said i don't I'm not worried about Brady in any element uh he can lose in it i'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that he can win or lose or whatever, but i I've seen him make passes in rain, snow, sun, wind, like like I feel like I'm Captain Planet or something saying the elements he's he played in, so like you know, I'm not worried about him. Um, but it's uncomfortable, I, I think, for both teams. Uh, Tampa being in Florida, having to deal with more or less rain that they deal with down there than, you know, all the other elements. And Philadelphia, they may face some winds and make it cold, but this is all a, a playoff game. Everybody's at a heightened level, too. So, I'm going with Tampa. Uh, I, I definitely want to see Brady defend his crown as best as possibly. But, um there is an airy situation about their running game that can make this interesting, especially if Jalen Hurts wants to make a name for himself. If he wants to hang on to this job in Philadelphia, this game right here, this win right now, would help him solidify him staying in Pennsylvania. If he loses this game handily, if he loses this by, like, double digits, or he doesn't look like a quarterback that should be on the field with a Thomas Brady, and there's a lot of quarterbacks that can't just really duel with him, but if he doesn't look like there's a ceiling that he needs to approach, he may potentially be on his way packing, and they may continue to have that quarterback carousel between, at least as of now, him and Gardner Minshew. So it'll be interesting. But I'm going to go Tampa Bay to win this game, cover the seven, and keep this under 47. That 47 may be a little bit high in this game. All right, we have Aaron in the building. Aaron, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this afternoon?
5: You know what? I'm good, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys on a nine-degree weather day here in the DMV, man. It is brisk
0: out here today. I'm John. Okay, your thoughts on the game? Okay. The Buccaneers are giving the Eagles seven. The over-under that at 47. Yeah.
5: You know what? I'm taking uh, Tampa Bay and the under. Um, there are significant weather conditions right now in, in Tampa Bay. Um, I do believe that Tampa Bay will win the ball game because of the greatness of Tom Brady. However, um, Philly runs the ball very, very well. Um, come a point in time when the bill's is going to become due uh, for this Buccaneers team. I mean, you can't keep taking piece after piece after piece after piece away and relying on the greatness of Tom Brady. I mean, he's not going to have Leonard Fournette today. Dang, uh, Chris Godwin is hurt. Uh, we don't know how much, if any, if, you know, Mike Evans is going to go. Uh, we all understand what's in place with Antonio Brown. Gronk is banged up and getting up in years. The offensive and defensive line ain't what they were uh, a season ago. Their secondary speed up the holy heck. Um, so I don't expect a lot of fireworks in this game. Um, on the flip side, you know, I came in as you were talking to about Jalen Hurts solidifying his, his his position there instantly at the quarterback spot. I think, uh, should he pull off this upset here, I think his position is forever solidified in, in the state of Philadelphia. I mean, the city of Philadelphia, excuse me. Um, the running game um, is the best in the league for reasons, You know, whether it's Jalen Hurts pulling it down and scrambling, whether they're throwing, you know, one or four backs at you, whether – it's uh, Miles Sanders, you know, Howard's in there, Gainwell's in there, Scott can run the football. Um, Dallas Goddard came into his own a little bit and kind of solidified himself at the tight end position. The rookie, uh, Devontae Smith, um, you know, broke Deshaun Jackson's rookie record um, last week. So, I mean, he, he need no ring in the door for me. So there's a lot of storyline if you look at this ball game, but ultimately – I think Tampa Bay finds a way to get it done in their venue. Uh, So give me the bucks and the under, but I I think it's going to be an interesting game.
0: Okay, the next game we have, and these guys have to go last, so Sports City, forgive me. Um, I'll start with you first on this one, Mike. Your thoughts, the 49ers or the Cowboys? This is the game of the day for me. I don't know how they have every other one of these games slated, but for me, this is the game of the day. As you guys know the rules, if it's your team, you will be going last in the predictions. So Eric and Brian will be last because these are resident Niner fans, and they showed up for the brunch. They think this, like they try to bring Niner Nation with them. So Aaron set it off. The Niners are in Jerry's world. The Cowboys are favored by three. The over-under is at 51. How did this go down? Wait, first you said Mike, then you said Aaron. You want
1: Aaron first?
0: No, 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 no. I said Aaron. I, I want okay. I want Aaron to go first. I want Aaron to go first. I, I'm saying okay, okay, Eric, okay. <laughs> a, a, Eric and Brian will be going last, however it is. But you two will be going okay, first. So, okay, Aaron okay. first. So I go alphabetical. i go Aaron first, Michael second, me third, and let these dudes have at it with the pistol left.
5: Okay, yeah, yeah. I heard the same thing. That's why I was on, that's I was on mute. Honestly, for me, um, I agree with you again, T.P. This, this, for me, and I said this yesterday, this, this is the game of the weekend. You know yesterday's games, respectively, and Monday's game. This is the game of the weekend for me. Um, I think it comes down to a couple of things: Um, San Francisco's ability to generate pressure on Dak Prescott and San Fran's ability to consistently run the football. If San Fran does both of those things, this is going to be a beating because, quite frankly, the Dallas Cowboys have looked pitiful against any other team not named Washington over the last month and a half of the season. Um, they're generating pressure on, on the defensive front. I give them that. But San Francisco's ability to run the football and literally take the air out of the football is really second to the Philadelphia Eagles in my opinion. If doesn't Shanahan this thing up, everybody sitting here knows what I'm talking about. If Shanahan does the Shanahan this- I'm taking the 49ers and the over because I just don't think that they're going to be able to out bully the bully. Like, San Fran has a method. San Fran has a formula. They're going to smack you in the mouth, punch you in the face, take pictures and post it on Facebook and talk about what they did to you. And we have seen them do this to pretty much anybody that they face. The, the L.A. Rams don't want to see these guys. I don't see there's a team in the NFC bar. Besides the San Francisco Forty ers that wants to see the 49ers king, I think they're going to Jerry World and smack them in the head with a twisted tea bottle and get a much-needed win. Give me the 49ers in the over today.
0: Okay, Mike, I'm sorry I got everything wrong. Please give me your analyzation on this game. The Niners are getting three. The over-under set at 51. Can they go into Texas and shock the world?
1: Can they? Yes. And the, this is the the answer to my question, uh, to the question going into this week. We talked about it on Wednesday night on the cookout. Uh, talked about it very briefly on the NFL wrap up show this past week as well. When I look at the six games of the in the playoff slate this week, this is the most likely upset of the six. Uh, the 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 second one that I had uh, came pretty close. The other one did not, but out of the top three. But this is a game that I thought could be the upset that, that could actually happen. Um, if a road team is going to win, I think this is the most probable because of everything that Aaron just said, because their ability to take the air out of the football, run the ball, control the clock, and kind of bully uh, the other team. That being said, I do think there's going to come a couple of times in this game where Jimmy G is going to have to make a couple of throws uh, to sort of uh, keep that Dallas defense a little bit honest. Um, if if he can do that, then, yes, I think they can win. Um, and I think that they will win if Jimmy makes a, can make a few throws throughout the day. He doesn't have to make a ton. He just has to manage the game and execute a few passes. Um, so, I'm going to go ahead and say, because I, I feel like at least one road team is going to win this weekend, and the Cincinnati pulled it out yesterday, and then we saw the massacre that was uh, uh, in Western New York last night. I'm going to go ahead and say that San Francisco does find a way to pull it out. Uh, as far as over, under, I, I keep kind of going back and forth on this. I think it's very possibly going to go over because I think the Dallas is going to find a way to score some points. But I, I, I like the Forty ers to win on the road. I think it'll be. Uh, this is to, to your point, TP, and I agree with you. Out of all the out of all the games this weekend, this is the one that I'm most looking forward to.
0: This is absolutely incredible. This is absolutely incredible. You want to know sports city I thank y'all? for everything that y'all do, because this is really a family community that will really build behind people because they love individuals here, man. Um, I know the guns are going to sound off in a little bit, so I'm going to try and be quick because we got one game left and we run it down on time. Um, Cowboys first. If the Cowboys want to win this game, they just stick to their script. They got to go through Zeke first and let Dak be as confident as he can in the passing game to win this game. That defense has to play ball. Um, That defense has slowly been falling apart, even though they won their last two games and put up 50 on the board. It was against the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles, in which both of these teams struggled to close out the season, including the Eagles that we just actually spoke about in this playoff situation. So it'll be interesting if they can go to Florida and steal this situation. However, if the Cowboys want this, their defense has to be as stout as they can be, uh, turn the ball over, and – the offense has to stick to the script. They have to go through Zeke and, and hope their passing game works through the running game for them to pull this out. Now, the San Francisco 49ers, I've been watching this for my entire life. I've been watching this team my entire life. I'm, I'm a fan of my team. My brother's a diehard San Francisco 49er fan. So I had the one o'clock games. My brother had the four o'clock games. And my father always taught me and my brother, don't you ever leave your brother. So I had to watch. He had to watch my game. I had to watch his game. So I've watched every last bit of San Francisco 49ers at least as far as I can remember, to when they got Cincinnati in them Super Bowls and then they got Denver and beat the crap out of Denver. I've seen all of it. I've seen all of it. Um, It's interesting if Jimmy Garoppolo can get out of Texas with a win. Um, this, This game right here could be his defining moment if he keeps the job or if they think that Trey Lance is the future and they start looking toward Trey Lance. I don't feel it's fair to me. I feel like Jimmy G is the better quarterback. I can care less on how many people are hype about Trey Lance coming out of North Dakota playing football, but I think Jimmy G has done a fair enough job with this team. They threw $100 million at him, and they were thinking that he was going to be benched by week four. Well, guess what? He's not benched. He even has torn cartilage in his throwing hand, and he's still starting. So if that's the case, if you feel the same way about Trey Lance, stop it and think again. I think if the 49ers can win this game, Jimmy Garoppolo cannot turn the ball over. He can't have a fumble or an interception. That is number one. Number two, everybody has to remain healthy. The Niners cannot afford an injury on either side of the ball, defensively or offensively. If they lose a piece, I feel like the, the chains will fall off the wheels and the bike will just be useless. Um, if they can, if Debo Samuel can play the way that he's been playing football for the entirety of this season, the Niners will go into Dallas and steal this game, and upset the world. But for me, if I'm doing this to pick against these guys, I think the Cowboys do win this game. But in my heart, I want the Niners to pull this one off to shock the world. But if i to do the picking against the committee, the family here, I'm doing the Cowboys because I know everybody's seeing red and gold right now. And my heart is with you for sure for my brothers that are here with me in Sports City. Now, to the guns in California, where they're both California guys, but one is in Colorado, as you know. So I'll go to Colorado guy first. I'll, I'll go to EG. Big Easy. your thoughts on your boys? How do you guys get out of Jerry World alive?
3: Uh, I think definitely they will. Sirius <clears throat> uh, hit the nail on the head with uh, the Cowboys not looking uh, like a quality team when they're playing anybody. Uh, you know, when they're playing a winning team, this team is 6-5, and five. And barely squeaking by and when they play the nfc east they're looking like one of the best teams in the league well they're going up against the most physical team in the nfl a team that plays together for four quarters has the most heart it doesn't matter what the score is this team's going to fight till the final whistle and uh it's going to be a long day for dallas if the 49ers are on all cylinders you got brandon iuk to worry about you got Juwan jennings you got Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, George Kittle, and if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't turn the ball over, uh, I think the 49ers get out of Dallas with a win and pretty easily. This is going to be a shock to the Dallas Cowboys. The equivalent, when they meet the 49ers, it's going to be like jumping into ice water. They're going to eliminate Ezekiel Elliott real quick. They, they shut the run down immediately with teams, and it's going to be on Dak Prescott to beat this team with his arm. 49ers
0: role in Dallas today. I need one of those epic big easy woos. I need a. I need one of those woos. Can you even give me a woo? <laughs> oh, I need one of those. I need one of those. Okay, breaking news is your turn. There, there it go. Breaking news. Protect this house. Let me know how your boys get out of Dallas alive. Alive.
4: Well, man, I got to tell you. I mean, you know, we've been, we've been, we've been grinding at this for. 10-plus years, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure most most fans know that you can go back over the last 10 years, and there's been some awfully, awfully bleak years for the Niners, and uh, I'm not I'm not real comfortable, Ty, I'll be honest with you, with everybody picking the Niners, everybody giving the Niners love. I know Shanahan will kind of keep them focused inside the building, but uh, I think that what this comes down to – is really matchups. And I will say what what Dallas does well, you know, and I'm not disagreeing with Eric, but what Dallas has been doing well recently, Zeke has not been a major part of the game plan. We shut down the running game. The, the game is not over. Dak, Dak has been superb this year um, with those receivers. And the one area of concern the Niners really have on their defense is their corner position. Now, we're getting some reinforcements this week, but when you got guys coming back from injury, you never know how that is going to play out. But, you know, we are definitely going to have to get after Dak. We need to create havoc and pressure with our front four, like we do against everybody. You know, I need Fred Warner and those two safeties, Jokoski Tart and Jimmy Ward to really hold down that defense and really provide, you know, that leadership. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be very difficult early on to go into Jerry world, a stadium that's a hundred thousand fans. Um, and, you know, not expect, you know, for example, ex, you know, external factors like the noise to be a problem. You're inside of a dome in the largest stadium in the NFL. So, I mean we have to weather the storm in the in the early going. We can't have a you know, a Buffalo New England type start. We can't matter of fact, we can't have a San Francisco Rams start. We cannot allow them to jump out to a seventeen point lead. We can't we can't start super slow. And I say we but let's be honest, really it's them. San Francisco has to handle business. They're they're pretty good about going on road trips and um treating it like a business trip. And you know, blue collar, show up, lunch pill type team. Um, and the, the the things that give me the things that give me uh, hope in this matchup, Ty. If you look at San Francisco, look at the tough games that they've played in over the course of the last six weeks. Beat the Rams by a field goal. They lose to Tennessee by a field goal on the road, which was a tough loss, but. We're talking about the number one seed, tough environment on the road. They played in a lot of battle-tested environments, and they both won and lost. The Bengals in overtime in Cincinnati, another playoff team that's moving on to the next round. In the last eight games, who has Dallas played? Dallas has played nobody. They're 5-3, and three, and the five wins they have are against five powder puff teams that did not make the playoffs. And their three losses are against all three of our playoff teams. So I'm not saying that that is a foreshadow of anything. All I'm simply saying is we don't know really who Dallas is. You know, I know some Dallas fans got really excited over them hanging 50 points on the Eagles. And I didn't count that particular game, Ty, because we all know the Eagles didn't even play their starters. You, You hung 50 on backups. So, you know, it's one of those games that honestly could go either way. I do think that a running game does travel. The Niners have been tough all year on the road and at home. They started the year really, really poorly, but they finished the year 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And that's got to count for something. So I am going to go with San Francisco to win on the road. Jimmy does some really bonehead-type shit where he throws into triple coverage and there's not a Niner receiver around. I'd be the first to tell you that. He literally has me pull my hair out at least once a game. But he's also that same guy that if you put Jimmy Garoppolo in the same situation that Derek Carr was, Oakland wins. He's clutch as hell. When he needs it, he gets it. He's shown multiple times that he can drive down the field as time expires and get this team a W when it looks like they're going to lose. So, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Niners the win, but as a Niners fan, I don't feel great about it. I could easily see Dallas winning by two scores. It's, you know depending on how these teams come out, and how the flow of the game starts out. Um, it's 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 gonna be a battle though. I you know these people that think the Niners are gonna come out and just bully bully the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, I, I don't think so. Parsons a hell of a linebacker, Lawrence a hell of a defensive end. They have pieces. You know, they got Van Der Esch pieces on that defense. The bit, the piece I would be the most worried about, to be honest with you, is everybody's talking up Diggs. Keep in mind, yeah, Diggs has 10 interceptions, and I know Jimmy loves to throw those interceptions, but he also leads the league in an amount of receiving yards he's allowed, 737, and he's going to be covering Debo all day. That's what they say, that he's going to cover Debo all day. I, I don't think that's a matchup that favors the Cowboys. And we all know San Francisco loves to force feed the ball to Debo. So I'm going to go San Francisco. I think it's a close game tie, and I agree with the horn. I think it goes over inside that dome. I think you see some fireworks. I think both these teams score in the 20s.
0: Okay, we have two games left. Um, I'm not going to put any rush on it, people. uh I, I want to have fun with my people. I got my brothers with me, man. This is fun. I got everybody here in the building. Um, the next one, and this is, the, this is another one, but I think that the Niner-Cowboy game got way more edge-in-my-seat, popcorn-ready type, you know, amplifications, if you will. But this situation is the Steelers and the Chiefs, right? I can't lie. Uh, 2002, 2003, I found out about a school in Ohio called Miami, Ohio, right? And they were like, you like Miami, don't you, Ty? I'm like, you already know me. I'm a diehard Miami guy. They're like, no, you like Miami. I'm like, yeah, I like Miami. Leave me alone. They're like, no, there's a team in Miami. They're undefeated. They're running the table. I'm like, for real who? Miami or Ohio? I'm like, stop it. So I figure out or or learn about this guy named Ben Rosenberger and this guy's going crazy in the MAC Conference. Nobody heard about him like that, but he's undefeated, unreal, Six five, a heavy guy but could run. I'm like, who is this guy? Takes care of business, knocks out that season, comes into the league, and Tommy Maddox starts the season out, plays that first game, gets hurt. Ben takes over the realm, and it's over. Like like Tommy Maddox, police are hanging somewhere, wherever he's at. And Ben has been able to hold his thing down as best as possible um they're going up against the uh the usa track team um the first leg <laughs> the first leg is hardman the second leg is pringle the third leg is, is kelsey and the the cheetah Hi. himself is the final flag. Hi. Like, he, he, like, hello Hi. Hey, how are you
3: Mama. hello how
0: are you i don't know malik that, that's malik I'm that that's one. malik okay and oh, you know- oh, oh. Oh, so that's the Eagles. He's the Eagle fan. Hi. You the You like the Eagles? Yeah.
5: Stop it, now. stop it now,
4: sir. Stop it now. Listen, mommy got you with that's green and cool. green and white. That's a future Sports City Shepherd right there. Yeah, of course yeah, Every
5: time I'm morning, he's joining all Sunday. He wants
4: to, he wants to say hi. every time. Hey, I'm gonna be honest, man. I don't want to put you down, but I I, I I I think your kid was making more sense about their their analysis than you do, serious. Uh, amen, <laughs> amen, amen. Um, so we might have to, we might have to cut you from the show and offer a contract to your kid.
0: That that'd be a beautiful you know what, thing. I, I would love you it, man.
5: No Go get you go go get a job. I, I ain't even mad at you. They gon' they to pay you. Go ahead, take <laughs> <laughs> that spot.
0: I'm tired
5: of buying chicken nuggets and, and and Pampers. Let's so go.
0: So, so like I said, like, I don't – the track meet of Kansas City uh, and how they try to slow this down, I'm going to be honest, Sports city, and, and my brothers are like along with me, man. I, I really don't want to see it end here, man. I want to see Ben go out guns a-blazing, but I don't know what he can do to stop this offense from putting up – I want to be fair with a number, like 31 points. If he could go gun for gun with Pat Mahomes and put up 34, incredible. I, I just don't know if he has it in him, man. But I, I want to see Ben try to steal this game, man. And ben, is, ben has been through everything, but his arm ain't been with him ever since he got injured a, a year or two back. But I want to see them try to do it. Najee, you got to try and get these guys going, which you can do, because Kansas City defense, you don't know what defense you're going to see. Uh, they play some games, Stout, there's some games that they just get gashed. This has to be the game that you guys gash them. Mike Tomlin, you've done an incredible job probably the best coach that I've seen outside of Belichick. I'm going to brutally say that right now. Outside of Belichick, Tomlin might be it, it, it and this is debatable. But I, I'm fighting with Tomlin. For him to be on this type of run and not be under 500. with the pieces that he's been missing, nobody been able to go along with him. and Losing piece by piece on that defense where the, the Steelers still find a way to regroup and still be This Man, I could talk about it all day long. I am going to go with the Chiefs to win the game. Same way I did that last one, my heart is with Pittsburgh. And I will cheer for your team, series. I'm not cheering for you because I just don't like you because you don't like me. You do this all the time. And you put your son in here and made me go at my nephew. I didn't know what you was up to, but I got to do this dog for my people. You know what I'm saying? So, again, to pick against you so I could actually have the leg up on these guys picking, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. But my heart is with Pittsburgh. Let me throw this one around the building to see how everybody feels about this one. I'll start with you on this one, Brian. Your thoughts on the game. The Pittsburgh Steelers are visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you like and why?
4: Well, listen, yesterday, on, on yesterday's show, and I know Sirius was probably already gone, I told you that I thought Mike Tomlin deserved to be Coach of the Year, considering all the shit that he's had to overcome this year. And the job that he did this year, may quite possibly be the best coaching job that he's done all year long or all, all, all career long. But I think it's a really, really tall task to ask this Steelers team, the way they're currently constructed and where they're currently at, to go into Arrowhead and knock off KC. I mean the, these two teams, correct me if I'm wrong, these two teams just played like two weeks ago, Ty, three weeks ago. And I wanna say I wanna to say 10. KC won by thirty points. Yeah, they won by like thirty to 10. points. And and a hit- in a hidden nugget from that game, Kelsey didn't even play. So I you know, I am gonna go I'm gonna go a different direction than you. I'm gonna say this. I, I think wholeheartedly Kansas City wins this game, and I really hope for Sirius and the other Pittsburgh fans that we have out there that this game does not get ugly like a la the Buffalo Bills versus the Pats. I think it could. But for the Buffalo – but for excuse me – but for Pittsburgh to win this game, I don't think it's on Big Ben. I think Big Ben at this point is more of a game manager, kind of like you just talked about, Jimmy. He needs to, he needs to complete third downs when necessary but this team is built around Najee Harris. This team needs to force-feed him the ball. He needs to touch the ball 25 times in this game. They need to keep the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands, and they need to silence that crowd. And in order to do that, you just grind and grind and grind. This needs to be an old-school Pittsburgh-type feel, you know, three, three yards in a cloud of dust, as they say, and grind and grind and grind and, and put together 10-12, 14 play drives and and chew up major clock. I think if you go out there and you're trying to match uh, Kansas City blow for blow and and trying to, you know, emulate their offense or trying to have Big Ben, you know, throw for 300 yards and five touchdowns, you're going to lose. That's not how they're going to win. They need to grind you to death and get that defense excited and get Tomlin excited and keep the game close in the first quarter. Because I think the first quarter, the the game absolutely could get away from Pittsburgh in a hurry, kind of like the Bills game. So they need to keep it close, and they just need to keep grinding. And, And that is their best chance to win, in my opinion. I don't think the team runs through Big Ben anymore. I think it runs through Harris. Guy, you muted.
0: Again, yeah, I did it again. I'm, I'm apologizing. I'm talking. I'm talking on mute. I got to stop doing it. Um, Eric, your thoughts on this game? Steelers and Chiefs. Who do you like and why?
3: Uh, yeah, definitely like the Chiefs here. And like Brian said, this team is going to have to grind and play great defense. And Harris is going to have to have a big game. Uh, you know, and and I don't know if you guys saw this during the week. This is kind of my thoughts too. Big Ben went out and said that he didn't think they really stood a chance. They just want to go out and have fun today. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty much what, what's in store for Pittsburgh. But nonetheless, they can get it done. Uh, I, I don't like the fact that the quarterback came out and said that because that's kind of a shot at his team. You know, you want to be pumped up. It's the playoffs. And just go out and play hard football for four quarters. So, But I, I think uh, there's no way the Steelers get it done today in Arrowhead.
0: Okay, uh, Mr. Simmons, your thoughts on this game? Oh, no, 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 no. You're last, you're last. I apologize. I'm sorry. Mr. Harper, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like and why Still is the Steelers or Chiefs?
1: So, I do think I agree with everything these uh, chefs have said as far as, I mean, the recipe for the Steelers to win this game has to look something similar to what we're talking about, uh, the way San Francisco needs to win. As far as being able to take the air out of the ball, run the ball, that kind of thing. Uh, it was 36 to 10 a few weeks ago when these couple when these two teams hooked up. It was a it was a bloodbath. As long as Kansas City doesn't get lulled into a false sense of security, um, they should win handily today. You know, to your point, maybe the first quarter. But I'm drawing on a memory a couple of years ago, one of my home's first full seasons as a starter. They played the Raiders, and it was like 7-7 going into – it was like about halfway through the second quarter. And then this Chiefs offense scored like three times in about five minutes. They just absolutely blew the doors off and blew our game open. This Kansas City team is extremely explosive. Uh, as, as time has called them, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a track team at times. Uh, fastest team on grass. Uh, as quick from the barbershop as a big Chiefs fan is. Um, so I I just think that the Chiefs have too many weapons and too many horses. Uh, Pittsburgh would have to be able to take control run the ball and be able to find a way to get up early in this game to make it interesting. I just don't think they have enough. Um, I think it's going to be a 10 of taking a knife to a gunfight. But real quick, uh, as far as your comment about Big Ben, my guess is is that he even talked to the team – after that, and said, "You know what? I said this too. Everybody's writing us off. Let's go out and shock the world." Um, so, I- I'm quite sure that that was uh, probably addressed with the team, going, "Let's let everybody think we don't have a chance. I mean, let's go, let's go shock everybody." But uh, I, you know, Ben's not, Ben's not the Ben that he was even three or four years ago. Uh, Najee Harris, that's a lot to put on a rookie, and so I, I just think uh, Kansas City is going to have a little bit too much today. And I think they went very handy.
0: Okay, so everybody has gone. Mr. Simmons, I don't like you, but you just went to church, so I gotta I gotta show love to you somehow, some way. But I don't like you. Um, <laughs> this is the bad part about it because I've gone through so much on actually sharing time in Nevada with you, actually getting a drink with you, actually watching you get your hair ripped off at a poker table. I've done it all, right? Even watch you come after all of my teams after all of these years. You even put your son, a.k.a. my nephew, on his line, and I have to hear him scream E-A-G-L-E-S. But now it's time for you to defend your boys, and I'm on your side right now. My heart is really with you. I really want to see Ben get this done to upset the world. I don't even know which one would be the bigger upset. Like, I really want to ask the question. If the Niners upsetting the Cowboys would be the bigger upset, well, oh, the Steelers beating the Chiefs would be the bigger upset, but this this is one crazy Sunday. I love the energy for all three of these games. Give me your thoughts on how to go down, how do your boys advance, or are you going with Kansas City to be the masterpiece barbecue sauce to end Ben's career?
5: You know, gentlemen, um I I stepped everything that, that was said. Um and to be painfully honest with you, a lot of what you said is accurate. But here is what there's a couple of things that um are, are gonna are gonna prove to be different today in my opinion. First and foremost. Um we just played the team a, a, a little bit ago.
2: Right? Uh,
5: we were without a significant amount of people that line up today. Second of all, the Kansas City Chiefs come into this line and come to this matchup banged up. They don't have Kwara's ever he layer there. They don't have they, 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 they don't have Williams there. Mm-hmm. So Malik, Malik, that Daddy's that, that talking. a no, second that daddy's that talking. So they, they, they don't have Malik. They don't have Malik. They, they don't have Williams, okay? So their running game is going to be down to Jared McKinnon, I believe, and Gore, I believe, that is. These guys haven't had a significant amount of time uh, to gel and, you know, build some type of watery with with Patrick Mahomes. Thirdly, Patrick Mahomes, his weapons are a little banged up as well. Tyreek Hill is banged up a little bit. I do expect him to have a fur workload, but he's banged up. Travis Kelsey, once again, banged up a little bit. Um, Their defense, you know, they have turned it on as of late, but this is a defense that can be had. Um, So with with that being said, I I think it's an ugly game. I think if you listen to my finger food, um, the past two times we spoke about the Kansas City Chiefs, I spoke about mucking it up. You know, when everybody was talking about Najee Harris, being the significant bell cow that, that kind of gets the game and kind of slows it down and, and, and helps us win this ballgame. I think that's really, really accurate. Um, another thing that nobody has mentioned that I, I think is big is the fact that Juju Smith Schuster is back today. So should we need to go four and five wide, you know, just in case you want to do that, we now have the weapons to do that, whether it's Deontay Johnson, whether it's Chase Claypool, whether it's Ray Ray McLeod, whether it's James Watson, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a big shot in the arm, um, okay. you know he, he he's back in the fold. Um, and then my last and then my last point that that, that I'm going to bring up is, is the greatness of Mike Tomlin. You know this is a guy who is constantly smiling in the face of adversity, kind of shook his face at, at, at the adversary, if you will, and has emerged victorious. You know there's. There's a lot to be said for Mike Tomlin being who he is, but this is a guy who has been there, done that, and won the T-shirt backwards. Um, a couple other news and notes that, that I wanted to bring to you guys' attention. Um, I'm not much in the cliches. I'm not much in the omens. But the last playoff wins that the Steelers have had was in 2016 against the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. Um I'm not much of a guy who believes in happenstances and and, and luck and things of that nature, but, you know, when everything kind of played out the way it did, and it had to play out exactly the way it did, you know, Jacksonville had to beat Burke, had to beat Baltimore. The game had to not end in the tie. Um, I think this may be, I don't want to say it's fate or something like that, but I, I just have a sneaky suspicion that it's not going to be like it is last time. Even if we get down early, this is the best fourth-quarter team um, in the National Football League. Um, I, I, I think even if we get down, we, we're not going to let go of the rope and we're going to find our way to call back. I'm taking Pittsburgh in the under, obviously. Mm. But I, I, I expect this game to get interesting. I expect this game to get very, very interesting.
0: Well, well, I, I couldn't I couldn't hear it no other way and as much as we go back and forth year after year I, Again, I'm doing it for the purposes of sports city and and you know trying to win You know in the win-loss column against everybody, but I want to see Ben continue man and if they could give John Elway a send-off if they could get Peyton Manning the worst send-off I've ever seen then if you were to pull this off, this would be one epic run to a trophy. So I want to see it done, but I'm, to to continue my, uh, you know, pattern of trying to knock these dudes' heads off for the day, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. But my heart is with the, the Steelers in this game. Last but not least, and I need closeouts from each of you as well, we have a Monday night football game in the playoffs. This is the first time it's ever happened. We have... And this is interesting because it's an NFC West matchup. We have a lot of division rivalry matchup situations going on in the playoffs, and I don't think it's really happened this much in one weekend. But we have the Arizona Cardinals visiting the Los Angeles Rams. How does this go down? Who wins and why? I'm trying to find the spread. I'm trying to do this quickly to apologize, y'all, as I'm trying to get these numbers together. Okay, I do have it. The Rams are favored by three and a half. Vegas is not playing. The over-under is at 50. Um... I don't even know where to start. I will start with you first on this one, Serious, Your thoughts on this game. Plug, close out, shout out any show that you like to promote as well. Cardinals and Rams yes. in SoFi.
5: You know what, gentlemen? This is one. Of, this is going to be an interesting game because it's, it's, it's not very often that division foes match up um, at this stage of the playoffs. So we just had uh, one game yesterday. Um, And the home team, proved Victorious, I think this is going to be much of the same. Um, Here's my issue with the Arizona Cardinals, okay? At some point, like, again, like like Breaking News Hughes said about Jimmy G, Kyle Lamar is going to give you one of these old crap moments. And, yeah, that's right, Malik, Oh crap. Kyle Lamar is going to give you one of these old crap moments. And is is, is those moments going to come um, at the worst opportune time? You know, we haven't received word that DeAndre Hopkins uh, is going to be activated for this game. So you're going into battle with not your full assortment of characters. You're relying on A.J. Green. You're relying on Rondell Moore. You're relying on a defense that, you know, hasn't been a- a- as stout as 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 before, as early on in the season. Um, if you're the L.A. Rams, all the chips are in the middle. Like, I, I-, I remember seeing an article – um late into last week that said who is the most pressure on? And in my opinion, it's this LA Rams team. You push all your chips in the middle. You go and make every move that you make, bring in a Vaughn Miller, go get a Odell Beckham Jr., you know, all this offseason, awesome, go sign a Matthew Stafford. You push all your chips in the middle to make this particular run. So you know, you, you have to make this run. You have to you have you have to beat this team um, once again, you have to do this and, 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 and Yeah, yes, Malik. Yes, Malik, that that is talking. But but you, you have to do this in and, a and, and manner of that is the fight is that, that, that is very, very convincing in my opinion. Um, and I think they get it done. Give me the Rams and the over. The line is at forty nine and a half. This is a game that me and C P watched together um uh, on Monday night up in uh, up in Vegas and we, we we cashed big money that night, so uh, I'm going to go back to the well. Uh, give me the rounds of me over, man. With that being said, man, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Uh, check us out, uh, We are doing some big things, man. The NFL wrap-up show hosted by myself and the homie Villain. Uh will be dropping on Tuesday, man. If you're in the area of snow like myself, and I'm sure TP is getting some, uh, y'all be safe, man. With that being said, God bless. Catch you guys on the next one.
0: That is for sure. Let's move right on up in this scenario. Mr. Hughes, give me your thoughts on this game. The Cardinals are favored by no excuse me, the Rams are favored by three and a half. The over under is at fifty. Who do you like and why?
4: Well, this is really this is really a, a tough matchup because like you said, another divisional matchup. Um, two teams that know each other pretty well. But I think I think Sirius actually hit, this, hit the nail on the head. You know, if the Rams were going to be comfortable just making the playoffs and making a first-round exit, then you don't get rid of Jared Goff. Jared Goff has already shown you that he can get you to the playoffs. Matter of fact, he can get you to the Super Bowl. He just can't win it. So I think there is a ton of pressure on not only the Rams but on Matthew Stafford to have a good game here. And everybody's pointing to the Niners game and being like, see, here we go again. But let's also remember that before that game, I believe the Rams had won like five in a row, uh, including uh, a a W in December versus the Cardinals. I kind of feel like these two teams are headed in opposite directions. The Cardinals literally backed in. um, You know, the, the the Cardinals literally had an opportunity to take that one seed and have this, a home playoff game uh, and they couldn't take care of business against the Seahawks uh, in, in week 18 they've lost they've lost four of their last five the only team that they've beaten in the last five weeks is the Cowboys so I have I have some serious concerns about this game on paper it looks like it should be a wash or maybe even the Cardinals could win I, I'll be honest guys I think I think that everything that's transpired in the last let's just say week, week and a half, the way that that game was pulled out from underneath the Rams, um, the way the, the, what they've heard, Sean McVay, you know, 45-0 and 0 when he's up at halftime, and then they kind of, you know, some people say they let up, some people say they got muscled, whatever. I, I think you're going to see a pissed-off Rams team, and I think they're going to take it out on the Cardinals. Cardinals. Cardinals were a good team. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I want to say they started the season, what, boys, 10-1? and one? Um, But they are not that team right now. And we all know football is, is a game of momentum. And when you lose four of five, you are what your record says you are. Um, you know, luckily, luckily, just like uh, investing, they had accumulated enough wins to really back into the playoffs. But I don't think the Cardinals are the same team without a D-hop at 100%. I don't think this defense is the same defense that we saw, you know, six, seven, eight, nine weeks ago. Um, I, I, I honestly, Ty, I think this game could get ugly. I'm going to pick the Rams to win. I think the Rams win by double digits. Um, and I could even see – I'm going to say over, but I could see this game being under because I don't know if the Cardinals reach 17 points. Wow.
0: Anything that you'd like to plug and promote before we get out of here?
4: Absolutely. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Sports City Chefs. Uh, for letting me come on, Ty. Thank you for coming. Let me come on. Um, I really, uh, I really appreciated being back in the kitchen talking to you boys. Um, also, want to uh, promote for those of you who haven't been there. I just checked it out yesterday. Awesome environment. I went to Clubhouse uh, chat room barbershop with the two poles that are crossed. Uh, a lot of, a lot of awesome guys over there talking about you know and, and gals talking about uh, various topics throughout the day. Um, very welcoming as well. Um, you know, as a, a quote-unquote outsider, nobody knew me. Everybody, uh, everybody's very nice over there. So, if you have a passion for sports like we do here at Sports City, uh, and, and we don't have a show up at that particular moment, I would highly encourage you to download the Clubhouse app and uh, and search for the room barbershops with the poles that are crossed. Uh, Timeless is over there quite a bit. Um, I know Mike has been over there. Um, there. There's a lot of good people over there. And they talk about a wide variety of topics. So. I would encourage you to do that. And also, if you want to write, check out, uh, uh, meet up with uh, um, the villain, Barry, because Barry is looking for writers for Sport City Chefs uh, on the website. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a content consumer, so I would love, love to see some articles and thoughts and opinions uh, from you, people that are not in the mainstream media and don't have, uh, don't have a boss to uh to appease. Let's get let's get some real honest content out there with some real opinions. Thanks, Pat. Wow,
0: heck of a commercial. That this is awesome. What what they do? The six I gotta write this down and they they going haywire in this dog on building. I don't even know how to respond after that. Um who do I go to right now? All right, I I'll go to Mike, Mike, I need a plug, close out, shout out. Anything that you like to promote after your pick? The Arizona Cardinals up against the Los Angeles Rams. They're in so far. The Rams are favored by three and a half. The over-under is at 50.
1: All right, man, thanks uh, once again for letting me be here. Uh, Real quick, before I make my pick, I'm always going to shout out to UTP first and foremost, man. Without you, I wouldn't be here, and I appreciate it. In this game uh, today, listen, Brian hit it on the head. The – Cardinals built up enough equity to be in this position by what they were able to do earlier this season. A lot of people forget this was the last undefeated team left in the NFL this season. So this was the team that's lost, allowed the uh, 72 Dolphins to pop the champagne again uh, for another year. And this Cardinals team has found more success on the road than they have at home. Uh, that Dallas game was in Dallas. But if you look at the record, I don't know that it really would have benefited them to to be at home because they have not been a very good home team this year. Uh, That being said, when I look at the health of this Cardinals team and I look at their inability to protect the quarterback, the lack of D-hop, and I still look at the coaches too and I give Sean McVay uh, a former Super Bowl coach who didn't really didn't win uh, because they ran into the man named Brady and Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, I give the edge to them on the coaching side, too. I do think that this postseason is a different animal, and a different ball game than, than the football that's played in September and October, and the Rams are going to show the Cardinals that today. I think the future is very bright for Kyler Murray in this league. Some people wondered if he was too small and could really be be good in this league, and I think that Kyler Murray, uh, especially if they continue to beef up that line and protect him or can do a little bit better job protecting him, I think that he has a very bright future and has a chance to have a very good career in this league. Um, However, his ride for this season ends tomorrow night on the first Monday night football playoff game that we've ever seen, and the Rams do win, and I think they probably win fairly convincingly, tomorrow night Um, and for the sake of the league I hope that's what happens as well because I do think that this Rams team uh, has the better chance to to challenge whoever they play and be a formidable foe for whoever they play next week Uh, so that being said I'm going to say over though I think there's uh, enough of a weakness in the second level of that Rams defense that uh, if Kyler Murray, uh, as best as possible, can create a little bit of space to be able to get the football off at times, um, even if it's to some checkdowns in the middle of the field, San Francisco has, has given you the blueprint on um, how you can make hay against this Rams defense. I think they can do that, and this game will go over, but the Rams win. That being said, appreciate the shout out. Sports City Chefs, man, get to the website, check out the merchandise. We got the finger foods. Uh, serious mentioned NFL wrap up show. We got the cookout on Wednesday night. Uh, good versus evil. We're good always. wins with the villain timeless and myself. Thursday night crossover cafe. Yesterday we did a uh, playoff preview show. And then Brian mentioned clubhouse. Man, we are up over 5.5 k. We're on that journey to 6,000 now. So come be part if you haven't come already and join the clubhouse community. More importantly, join the barbershop community on the clubhouse. Uh, Sirius is there. Timeless is there. Uh, Timeless is the, uh, the heartbeat and the soul of the barbershop, man. I mean, uh, with him and then uh, Groove, the godfather, the creator, uh, between Timeless and Groove, man, this is their baby, and I'm just lucky to be along for the ride. Uh, we have all kinds of things going on in the barbershop sports talk, uncomfortable conversations, conversations about life, conversations about uh, lots of things going on in the world. So we cover the cover a wide variety of topics and so there's a little something to be had by everybody, uh, to be consumed by everybody. And there's always a place to fit in. So come uh, come check us out. Come check out the barbershop and get in where you fit in and enjoy the content that uh, that we put forward there, man. Uh, but that being said, man, Always it's a pleasure to be here. A pleasure to chop it up with you guys. Uh nice guy, uh, getting to uh getting to, to sit out and uh chop it up with you a little bit, Brian. Easy E man, it's always a pleasure. Serious love to you and T P big homie man. All the love in the world, Brian. Thank you guys for having me.
0: We did miss Eric. I wanted to get his. I'm gonna probably have to text him for it. Um Again, I don't even know which way to go with this, man. At the beginning of a show I did with another person on another podcast, I said the Cardinals would make the playoffs. Um, I think I might have said that they would win the West. I got as far as getting them in the playoffs. They didn't win the West because they fell apart, and I think injury kind of clipped them, you know, COVID battle, so on and so forth. They are here now up against the Los Angeles Rams team. At the beginning of the season, they said that they were a Super Bowl contender, I don't believe that they're a Super Bowl contender, but I do believe that they're a playoff contender. I think that they should win. However, the Cardinals are way more dangerous on the road than at home. They are 8-1 and one outside of the toaster. I'm going against the grain. I'm going with the Cardinals to get it done, give me the points, give me outright money line. I think this will be a shootout. It's the over. I'm going Cardinals over. That's that. SportsCityChefs.com. Check out the website, the interviews, the blogs, the chefs. We'll be back here tomorrow. Barry and series have actually been doing a great job at the start of the week, Monday and Tuesdays, and we'll be back right here Wednesday. But if you don't have anything to do throughout the day, just like they said, come to Clubhouse. Look for the barbershop links. That is my club with Groove as well. And we just tear it up all day long. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know.
2: Sport. Kit, huh.